On this episode of Mistake by the Take, Jake and Dylan go ahead and look at another Guardians week in review. They start things off by talking about pretty much each individual game and what happened over the course of the last week or so, and they get into breaking down the pitching scenario. What's going on with all the starters, and who's going to be the odd man out when it comes to the rotation soon to be filled up with six different guys. Finally, they wrap things up talking about the minors and get off on a little bit of a tangent talking about salary cap and what the team should do going ahead in the future. You're going to hear it all right here on Mistake by the Take. One, two, three, four. Episode 9 of Mistake by the Take. Jake Volnick alongside Dylan Feltovich. Some Guardians coming up, but before we get to that, Dylan, most important question of the episode, how are you doing today? <laughs> I like the emphasis on it. I'm, I'm doing pretty good, you know? I have an, have an off day from the, the internship today, so we're just we're just chilling. Got a little work in the, in the sports info department here at John Carroll University, so, you know, day's going pretty well. How about you? Uh, not too bad. You know, one shout-out Joe Gimley. Yeah, shout-out Joe. Love that guy. One of the best, but... uh. Yeah, not too bad today either. A, a later start time than normal, so I got to sleep in a little bit this morning after yeah. uh, staying up with some some fun issues I was dealing with. Yeah. No, I got I got to tell this one. I get a text like, "What time? What was the it, first one?" I think it was like twelve twelve thirty. It's like twelve thirty. I'm like, I got out of the shower. I'm ready to go to bed, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden I get a text from Jake, and it's like, "Uh, are you still up?" And I'm like, "Yes. What's up, Jake?" And he goes, oh, we're having a little bit of some technical issues. And I'm like, oh, boy. Yeah, so basically what happens is I'm in charge more of the social media aspects, and Jake is more in charge of the technical um, aspects. Yeah, the the back-end stuff. The back-end, yes. And the problem is... um, I, I mean, you you you, you, just, you have to explain it. It's all tech terms. Go ahead, man. There was a point in the last episode where we had to pause while recording. And while in audition, for anybody that actually knows, if not, basically it highlighted everything that we had done after the pause but not before. And then I had to do you know some sound work on it. Okay, maybe um, maybe the pause was my fault. Though. The, the pause <laughs> might have been your fault. You know, no, no pointing fingers. But right. uh, yeah, so everything before didn't have the sound work done to it that needed to be done. Um, so I basically had to try to do it from my laptop, which I don't have as great as software as we use the place where we record at. So, um, you know, it it was a little bit of a struggle. And then during it all, my Wi-Fi crashes as I finally figure it out. So then I was just, I was just angry, man. I was, I was mad at the world. Well, and then I go to bed and then I wake up this morning and I, I I had to wake up early (laughs) All I all I see was a text at 2 a.m. I finally got it, and I'm like, dude, you did not have to do that at all. Yeah, there, there, I was not letting it go, man. I, you know, the episodes are supposed to go out at 5 a.m. Wednesdays usual, and Fridays, as usual. and I would be damned if that episode was not going out at Wednesday at five o'clock. Well, I go, I'm like, dude, like we could like push it back. Like I get up here, you know, I could I could fix it on the better computers and stuff. But um, no, he was—he's very persistent on that five a.m. release. Yeah, it was uh, two forty-two in the morning. I texted yeah. you, Wi-Fi restored, episode scheduled. You know, and what, then I promptly went to bed. You know what would have been crazy though if like you still. 
didn't get it uploaded in time because it was just like so late. Because I mean, if you think about it, like that's what three a.m. Basically, yeah. I mean, it was a little before. <laughs> was, yeah. You're close, but yeah. Hey, we we made it work though. We're good. Yeah, you know, we figured out. So. Yeah. Yeah. We worked through. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I mean, other than that, I'm actually having a pretty good day, right? That's like I all said, that matters, son. I got to sleep in after having to stay up late. Yeah. And then- uh, There you have it. I, I got a little bit of a, a back-to-back late night shift at 92.3 The Fan coming up. So Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. We're going to enjoy it. For sure. But today's episode is going to be on The Guardian's final thing before we get there. Our last episode. This episode going to be coming out Friday morning. Little, it's going to be a little. We're, we're this is Wednesday. Yes, today. yeah. So we're recording on Wednesday. That is May thirty first, but also May thirty first, the day that our last episode dropped with DeAndre Hopkins, the sort of sweepstake we were talking about with him. After we had finished recording, there was a interesting piece of news. We thought, you know, if you haven't heard it yet, you'll hear it here. That uh, he signed with a new agent and a guy who previously represented himself, DeAndre Hopkins. Now with Kelton Crenshaw of Clutch Sports Group, Crenshaw located none other than Cleveland, Ohio. Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. It doesn't mean he's coming here. It does not at all mean that. The thing is, Clutch is a very well-known firm in like all of it in sports agency. So I'm not surprised about the move. Um, This is definitely just a little bit of irony at this point, in my opinion. I don't think it's going to have a huge impact on the decision but I mean there was also you know Adam Schefter came out yesterday and did say that the Browns were in contention for him as well too so it wasn't there was a lot of stuff that broke yesterday right after we recorded it but um yeah I mean I, I'm still kind of in the same boat as that of you know let's let's pump the brakes a little bit and of course they also I did I was doing some reading up on it um I believe Post June first, they get their cap will be moved to eighteen mil now, okay. because that was because you had John Johnson, um, right? Yeah, and a couple other guys. The post June first, yes. Yeah. So the that that cap will be it's went for it's going to be from seven to eighteen mil, so that does help a little bit in that sense, and I think that's Definitely. why fans are still a little bit on edge with it. I mean, again, we'll see what happens with it. Not going to spend too much time on it, but. Yeah. yeah, anybody that doesn't understand, by the way, there's with contracts, there's guys where you can at least do prior to June 1st that you basically don't have to eat their cap for the year, but that cap increase doesn't kick in until that June 1st mark. Right. And that's the case with John Johnson, so the $11 million there's, is coming I'm in that way. Pretty sure there was another guy, but I cannot think off the top of my head right now. Eh, it doesn't really matter off yeah. right now, right? They get the money <laughs> They're not on point. the team. They're not either. on the team. Yeah. So, but yeah, that, that was the one little update, so... And Crenshaw, again, a guy who represents athletes across the country. Chase Young yes. being one of them, not a guy in Cleveland. Like, this does not mean he's coming to Cleveland. That, the only other note that I would say is I think it helps a lot that he's signing with an agency now because, again, like you said, like representing yourself gets very sketchy. We already saw that situation with Lamar, and so that's going to be kind of a factor moving forward where I think more teams are willing – more willing to talk to him now since he's being represented and it, it just makes the process a lot easier i don't know what episode we talked about that with it was like about lamar more of and then yeah i, I forget one but we we talked about it and how it's a lot easier so i just think that overall we'll see what happens i guess yeah i mean that was just a little update again yeah. talked about that last episode so 
we figured we'd give a little bit of an update. Of course. Since it happened, you know, right. like a couple of hours after we recorded. Of course. Um, but today's episode, again, on the Guardians. Just kind of uh, looking as to some problems they're facing after the last week. We talked about them for Wednesday's episode last week. So about a full, what, eight days now since we've last talked about them in terms of sitting down. And, uh, you know, I think they've kind of turned a bit of a corner. Yeah, a little bit, I'd say. I, mean, I don't want to say they flipped over a whole new leaf and this is a brand new team, but things are looking slightly more positive. I, I think, yeah. there. I mean, it's just a couple more wins. It's how you look at it, but... I mean, hey, I mean that, that, that's what matters, right? You gotta at this point, yeah. Winning games is... At, at the end of the day, that's all that gets you into the playoffs. I, I guess so, especially in this division, is yeah. as abysmal it is. Yeah, you luckily don't have to win <laughs> all too many, yeah. To, yes, to get into the playoffs. <laughs> so, uh, Guardians right now, 24-30 and 30 again, May 31st, Wednesday, this being recorded. Guards are actually live in action at the moment with yes. the Orioles. Obviously not going to give live updates because this will be uploaded prior, but just so you know, we're not going to have the update information from the Wednesday game as this is being recorded. Wednesday or Thursday as well. Right. I'm, do they play Thursday? I'm not sure, honestly. I think it will – it depends if it's a three-game set with uh, – It is, and games. then they, they go and play – I think the Red Sox come here. I think it, I think they have Thursday off. We're so informed. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's what Whatever. we do best, right? Yeah. Um, update. They do play. They, it's actually they go. They go to Minnesota. They play on Thursday. Oh yeah. So we don't have any of the information past Tuesday's game, other than what comes to us live. Like right now, the Guardians leading one to nothing. But again, doesn't really matter because by the time this comes out, you'll know the score. Yeah. But so as we know right now, they're twenty four and thirty, third in the AL Central, and three and a half games back from the lead. So we're gonna we're gonna go back and talk about the last couple weeks. So thinking back. The White Sox series, which was now a full week ago, we kind of touched on the beginning of it. They win 3-0 on Monday, lose 4-2 on Tuesday. That was a new one. And they get 6-0 blanked on Wednesday. They go and they take two out of three from the Cardinals, and Dylan will probably agree this is kind of where things started to take their shift and look a little bit better. Yeah. They they win 4-3 on Friday. I mean, just a classic game, nothing really crazy there. Then it was the low of the low, right? <laughs> Maybe this is what makes it feel better because it was a 2-1 to loss in extra innings, but the way they lost that game was unreal. I mean, again, 1-1 to heading into extras, a pitch over the plate in the low, and just a normal forehand grab coming out of defensive replacement catcher David Fry, and when he flips over his glove to get the ball, it's not there. It skipped away to the backstop. It split his wickets, and they drive in a run. And then, in classic Cleveland fashion, you can't put across a guy that starts on second in the home half of the tenth. Dude, I, I don't know. I, I go through the rest, and then we can because I want to start with like the White Sox and all that stuff, and like kind of go down. So finish out through it, and then we'll then we'll then we'll go because I. There's uh, some thoughts. I, I think I needed a breath after that. Anyway. Yeah, go ahead. But then going on to Sunday game, I actually got to uh, get out to the park and enjoy. So a very fun one because the guards walked it off against the Cardinals. Four to three on a Jose two-run double. Complete electricity. I was there. And Dude, I was there too. 
Shut up. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, I wasn't. Stop that. Stop, stop <laughs> I thought that I'd noise. pull that on you. Stop that noise. I, I thought for a second. <laughs> I know um, you did, too. Because <laughs> it would be classic fashion. Yes. You definitely would have texted me. Oh, You I know who actually would've. was there, though? Who? I was in the standing room. You know, I mean, you know where we're at. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've gone to games together. But the one out in left field of Progressive Field. Okay. Um, and sitting in seats directly to my right, Logan Petoskey and his family. <laughs> Logan the is, himself, yeah, the play-by-play broadcaster for the Lake County Captains and a guest of the show. Yes, yeah, gotta love it. So, He'll be brought up later too in the show, a little yeah, bit too. Yeah, so a uh, little bit of a little sneak little peek towards what's coming later. But yeah, um, and then it's a series against Baltimore happening right now. You know, things we said were turn around looking great, and that's because uh, a five to nothing win on Monday in an absolute shutout game from Logan Allen. I mean. We'll, we'll get into it a little bit later on the, the statistics of it, but easily his best start of his career. Yeah. And then yesterday, an 8-5 to five loss where Cal Quantrill just got shelled. Yeah. But like you said, we're, you know, you want to start back in the uh, well, the Chicago series, so we'll go there. Yeah. Um. Why can't we beat the White Sox? Dude, it is baffling to me. I mean, granted, they are on the upswing. They started to turn things around. Okay, they're not as bad as they were to start the season. Because they, they started abysmal. Like, I mean, bottom of the barrel. I mean, still, though, it's like they're 23 and 34. Six games out. I mean, it's only two and a half games behind us. But like, still, though, like, I mean, it's just like. No, I, I'm with you. I'm with you, right? Like, this is a team we should be beating. And especially, too, when it's in division. That's my big problem. When you're not beating teams in your division, like, okay, if we ended up, like, losing the series to the Cardinals, I wouldn't have been too mad. Or if, like, Baltimore, you know, if we come out and just blow the rest of this, like, okay, maybe I get it. You know, especially with Baltimore being hot right now. But, like, when you're not doing well against your own division who sucks right now, that's a huge problem. A huge problem. Yeah, with I mean, it is. And I think in-division games are having to be valued even more this season than before. Yeah. Because... And, and maybe this is reverse thinking and it actually goes the other way, right? Like, maybe I'm wrong on this. But you only play each divisional opponent four times this year. Like, last year it felt like you were playing them, you know, once a week you were playing a divisional opponent. Right. That's just not the case. You have two home, two away against those guys. And, like, thinking right now, like, this twin series coming up, like, this is huge. Yeah. Like, this is – you're not going to go out and, like, get another one of these, right? Like – you're only going to go to Minnesota one more time. You cannot drop this like three to one, four to nothing. Like these are games where if you win, you directly impact the divisional standings by two games. Yeah. Like you come two games closer instead of just one and then hoping, you know, whoever the Twins are playing goes out and beats them. Like you are the team the Twins are playing. So with a win, obviously directly correlates to a loss. Two games, like that's huge. And it's not even like I'm like complaining about. Like, oh, you know, we should be sweeping all of them and stuff. Like, no, it's I just want to win the series at least, you know? And it, it's a huge difference, like you said, because, like, instead, I mean, they could be seven games out, and, like, we, we could be even closer at that point. So I just – I think that, especially, too, with the Twins coming up, like, this is a team that you're shooting for, man. If you – I mean, if you take – if you can win that series – and then shorten that gap even more and say the Tigers go out and they drop a series to whoever they play, it's huge impact. 
Because then it's so tight right now with all of the other teams. I mean, granted, the Royals are... Yeah, the Royals are out, man. They're, they're out done. of this, but... Um, it's crazy to say that in like late May. No, no, they but, are actually. But they, done. yeah, seventeen and thirty-nine. So that kind of makes sense. Um, but like it, it, it has huge implications moving forward. And if you can't get it done, because the thing is, like, you're not gonna win. You're not gonna get a wild card spot. Let's just be honest with us. Because I mean, we were saying it before the show. You can literally go on the on the standings. It usually goes AL East, AL Central, AL West. You can literally read it down from AL East to AL Central, and it's identical scores. Like, like you can the the standings. It's like they're one long up. list. Yes, it's literally just a long list. Like the top of the AL Central is below the bottom of the AL East, pretty much. Yes, like so that, that is you, what you're trying to say. There yeah. is no shot that you're going to win a wild card spot at this point. Like, there's not a chance. There's so many other teams that are better than you right now, and the thing is. I mean, like, right. I don't, I don't want to blow out the not a chance thing because it is so early, but it's looking slimmer and slimmer, right? Like, right. Well, and the thing is, because it's now like, like the AL East, like that whole division's doing well. Like, it's a bloodbath between all of them, and they're not going to beat each other up to the point where like one team falls off or anything like that. No, like they're still like in it, and it's bad that they're there's not a team that's going to fall off because they're going to. I mean, Boston right now is going to easily be ahead of us too because in the wild card and they're at the bottom of their division so it's just it kind of goes to show you that like man like i mean and, and the other thing too is we haven't even touched on the al west either and they're doing just as well too i mean the mariners they're 28 and 27 granted i'm not going to touch on the, the athletics yeah, we, we don't need to touch on the a's man they just need to get out of oakland right, right. like but like i mean the mariners 27 and 28 it's the same record as the Twins, who are leading our division, and that they're like fourth in the AL West. So I just I I don't. No, I, I'm with you. Like it, I don't want to put the lid on it and say that there's no chance you get a wild card spot because it's a long right. season, right? No, but that's like, fair. But like I, if, right if now, you it's not me, like it. yeah, if you made me take a guess, an AL Central team is not getting a wild card spot. No, I I again, ninety nine point nine percent sure at this point, and I think which again just amplifies. Or not, amplifies. Amplifies. Yeah, it's hard words. That's, um, what, that's what happens when we try to use big words. Yeah, right. <laughs> you just gotta, I gotta keep the normal ones. Right. Man. But it, it just amplifies the individual in division games. I can't talk. Yes. But like those ones mean that much more because guess what? You don't have to play incredible baseball to make the playoffs. You just have to play better than everyone else in your division. Right. And that's the thing about baseball. It, it, what differs from like basketball and football. When you're not playing well, the thought of tanking kind of creeps into your head. But, like, with baseball, like, no one really cares about the idea of tanking. Because it doesn't, it makes no sense. Like, I don't... Yeah, I'm going to tank this year so I can be good in six years from now. Right. Like, you're not going to see that kid in forever. And, like, most of these, like, number one overall picks, like, you just don't really... Like, I mean, most of the time, these guys aren't first-rounders, you know? I watched a couple of them that were, but like, I mean, think about it, like Jose Ramirez. Was he a first rounder? Well, I think he came in the international. But That's what I'm saying. Yeah, right. Like, like it's not, there's no point in the idea of tanking. So at least just go out there and try to win the division. That's all I'm trying to say. Yeah, I, I don't think there's anybody sitting in baseball right now that's like, maybe aside from the A's, that's sitting there like, all right, we're tanking, right? Like, right. we're purposely losing. It's just like, all right, our team just kind of sucks, right? Like, we're in a rebuild. Like, that happens. But. I don't think that's where the guards are. No, so, I don't think I don't think any team does that. No, 
I, I don't think, again, like, there, there's no team out there that's purposely losing. I think there's teams that know they're not winning. Right. But there's no team out there just like, ah, we might as well just go play for the first pick. Because it also, it takes a whole year for that first pick to roll around, too. Right. It's not even going to have implications on this draft coming up. It's next it's draft. next draft. And, like, you don't even know, like, what's going to happen. Because, like, the top guys right now, a couple of them weren't even, like, the top. Like, they weren't even really mentioned back in the, like, at this time last year, you know? So I just, I don't, I don't know. You got to go out there and you got to try to win the division. I know it sounds cliche just saying that, but it's just, it, it, and it's very obvious to say it, but it's true. Like, when you boil it all down, like, don't try to go out there and win 100 games and stuff like that. No, you just got to go out and be better than every other team in your division. Yeah, I. you're right. That's all it really takes. It's all it really takes. I mean... Which is just, a lot easier than other, other like, football and, like, I guess not really. I mean, football's the same football, way. Football, yeah, technically like, the same way. Yeah, I, I'm... Basketball's not that way, that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking, basketball. But, yeah, no, I just... I don't know. Yeah. I I, I mean, like I said, you're right. But we'll, we'll kind of move on again. Like, I, I don't know if you really want to talk about the Cardinal series. Other than uh, the David Fry thing, the, can we, like, touch on that really quick? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I described what happened, right? The ball pretty yeah. much went straight through his legs. It just goes to show you that, like, we still cannot figure anything out with the catcher's position. Like, yeah. I had no clue what we're doing. Like, it's 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 sad because it's just like you like I don't know what to do anymore. Like, we I've said so many times, like, put Bo Naylor up there, put Bo Naylor up there, and it's like. I don't know. I don't know what to do anymore. All right. And and let me be clear here. I, I've ripped on the catchers plenty of times before, and this is not my coming to their defense and saying that they're perfect right now. Both of the guys up right now, not Fry, we're talking Zanino and Gallagher. Gallagher Fry, is Fry, – Fry was in there as a defensive replacement. Right. Right? Like, they, they put him in because they didn't trust the catchers to hit. And, I mean, there, yeah, it's own problem in itself. Yes. But they put in a pinch hitter – Fry was the guy who had to come in as a defensive replacement. He is technically a catcher. It's not like he's an emergency catcher. That right. is his like main designated position when he came here. But you know, limited reps. Right. But I do kind of have to give the catchers their flowers right now. Back on Sunday, Zanino two hit game, and then on Monday, Gallagher a two hit two RBI game. Like again, these are one games and. I'm trying to put it with the fact that this team sort of feels like they're turning a corner offensively at the moment. They're at least in a good stretch, and you just got to give your shout-out to those guys. Because while they're bad, and I still think there's changes that need to be made, they are a piece that has stepped up. I think they stepped up a little bit, but I'm still not fully convinced. because. It's, oh, no. me. It's, I'm, like I said, I, I don't think that's—we're done here talking about the catchers. I just think— I think it's it, now it's like a it be it what once was an issue like okay who's even gonna play back there because everyone just sucks it's now okay who's gonna be the most consistent for you that's gonna be the issue moving forward I mean Zanino yeah he has a couple of good games here and there but then there's other times where he just kind of falls apart and doesn't show up you know I I just don't I, when you I keep saying it, but like when you pay that guy, you expect him to produce at at least a decent level, 
and show some signs of consistency, but he doesn't. And that's my big red flag moving forward, too, because it's just with a team that's not, like, just lighting it up with the sticks, you at least need consistent play from most of those other guys, and you're just not getting it. And with those with the catchers too, it needs to be offensively. Yes, like like those guys have to be picking up with the bats. Zinino, at the very least, I don't think he has to hit you know two seventy five. Like no, that's, that's not what he's at here least for. Like a like just you got to be pushing like you know two thirty two forty with some pop. Yeah, like that's why you're here. right? That's why we got you in the first place. I mean, we're not even like batting him like because I the the batting lineup shows kind of like who what hitters do you trust the most and stuff. I mean, he's most of the time he's end of the lineup, so it's yeah. not like we're like trusting him to be like, oh, we, we wanted to be this three hundred guy or anything like that. Like, no, not at all. Like, we just need you to have some consistency. We were maybe hoping for a two fifty batter at the end of the lineup, but I mean, at this point, it's we can't even get that out of our two hitter, yeah. two thirty seven. Like, it's just it's ridiculous. Like, like I said, I think you're happy. Not, nah, I don't want to call it happy, but. You're fine if he hits like 230, 240, but yeah. also hits out like, you know, 25, 30 bombs. Right. That, that's what but you need. You just don't get that. No, it, there's been no pop from him. No. It's been non existent. He's he's still not over the Mendoza line. No. And like I said, I give them their flowers as of the last couple games. They've been good, but. But we need to see more consistency. 100%. That's my thing. Gallagher's, Gallagher got the start today, by the way. Cam Gallagher, yeah. It yeah. Was, I think it was Zanino yesterday, so. Which. Yeah. Nah, you don't really catch him back-to-back days for the most part. He's, that's kind of been the— They do have a rotation. Yeah, usually. it's kind of been the um, just how they've gone about it, I feel like. Which then at that point is like, okay, Gallagher's 123, so then like, why don't you just— if you're going to make a rotation, why don't you put Bo Naylor up? Because it's like you're worried about him not getting enough playing time and stuff, but then like at the same time he's going to play every other day. Kind of doesn't make sense in my books. I, I'm with you. I mean, eh, I, I got just, nothing. Then. Did you just look at the score? Unfortunately, I did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're at the point where it's three-one in the bottom of the second. So, yeah, that was uh, that's that's not a good sign. Nope. It's, it's Bieber on the mound right now as well, which so. is definitely not a good thing. Which no. is leads us into our next topic. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so I, I want to talk about it in the terms of I want to close out this Cardinal series and this offense really quick before we get to the pitchers because okay. that is going to be the biggest part no, of this that's episode. Fair. But this offense, again, like I said, kind of turned a corner, and I feel like it started on that Jose walk-off. Yeah. Like, if your team's going to get excited and, you know, be like, okay, wait, we can actually do something with the bats in our hands, a late-game two-run double to walk it off and have your guys all feel like kids again is the way to do it. Right. And you do see that. On Monday, they go out and score five, and yesterday, even in a loss, yesterday being Tuesday, the time of recording again, another five. Yeah. Like, that... Again, you you lost, but five runs like well, and that's that's what, what we've been asking for, right? right? We've been saying the magic number is at least four. Yeah, that's usually an indication of okay, if you can consistently get four runs across every night, it goes to show you that your offense, at the bare minimum, is at least somewhat producing, and you're getting you know four, three. No, I mean, actually, why did I say three? You're getting five, five. Four. I mean, there's a like a one, but like a four. So it's not like terrible. Like I, you don't even need it every night, right? Like you're gonna no. have bad nights. You're, it's just, you're gonna have bad nights, but it, you want to mostly see it too. Yeah, and like more often to than not. It. Yeah, but the thing is now, it kind of goes into the sense of like, okay, one one part can go, 
but then the other part is just like not there. And we saw that earlier in the year with pitching was doing really well, and then the bats were just like not existent, and we were consistently putting up ones, zeros, twos. So it's just the the main problem is like now moving forward is can this team click at the same time? Because, I mean, they've shown now at least that once we can hit, like, I mean, that was, I was concerned that we legitimately couldn't hit the ball at some point. But at the same time, we've also shown that we can pitch too. So it's just a matter of, okay, now let's all do it together at the same time, you know, and not have to rely on one element to take us the whole way. Yeah, one big kumbaya. Come on, when does yeah, it happen? Yeah, like the circle of life, whatever, you know? But I, oh, you kind of didn't get that on Monday, though. Like You did a little bit. The, the pitching now looking slightly more inconsistent, and we're going to get into that, but this series, you get the five runs out of the offense, and we mentioned it earlier, Logan T. Allen, hello. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was a great – that was – yeah. Career high in innings pitched. He goes seven shutout and gives up just three hits – and hits a career high in K's with 10. Yeah. I mean, a, a very small career right now. It's just this year, obviously, but career day. Yeah. And I've been, I'm, I w- I'm not, I'm not a hater, obviously. And I, I, I don't want people to think that I was dogging on Logan T. Allen and stuff because I did pick, wasn't it Bybee over him? I, I believe so, yeah. But, but, I'm just like, basically what I'm trying to get to is this decision of moving forward, what you're going to do for pitching and your starting pitching is getting really, really tough. It definitely is. And, you know, again, Tuesday's game, I I think you you take a look and it it starts to spell out some more things here. Someone's eating his words a little bit. Yeah. uh, So Cal Quantrill was the pitcher on Tuesday. And, well, Cal got, I mean, shelled. Yeah. Four and a third, eight runs on eight hits. I mean, the guy walked in a run for Pete's sake. Yeah. Like, come on. It's been a control issue. And he struggled at the beginning of the year. And then... You were like, oh, you know, here comes kind of inconsistent Cal. You don't expect him to be the top. Like, he's your back-end rotation guy. So it's not like you're like, oh, he's got to be, you know, lights out. But you're like, all right. Like, here comes the struggles a little bit. May rolls around, and he looks to be doing really well. Last two starts, it was that 6 to nothing loss against Chicago. Again, no run support, but he gave up six in four innings. Like, Like, I mean, even if – they did score some runs. The offense can only do so much in those scenarios. You can't expect your team to score seven. Right. That, that's not a recipe to win. You can't, you can't have that mentality going into the game. And I, Cal called his start against Chicago his worst start of his career. And you know what? I don't even think that's that crazy of him to say because I think he might be right up until Tuesday where now he's got a new worst start of his career, but he's done it now in back-to-back games and, I mean, we can pretty much jump right into the next segment here because this is the wrong time to have the two worst games of your career because the rotation is about to get real full real quick. And the guards already said, we're not going to a six-man. 
Well, and that's the thing. We've been saying for the longest time now that once May rolls around, we're going to start to see more of a definitive starting rotation, not some random guy coming in and just, you know, out of nowhere, out of triple, like just pitching a couple innings for us, getting the start. No, you're going to start seeing because the thing is, now you got Savoli's now active. He's right. He's with the roster now. And then, would you say Sunday for McKenzie? Uh, he's eligible to return on Sunday. So now you got your three guys coming back. Well, two, but you got your top three kind of solidifying. You know, Bieber, obviously you're one. You're going to think, you'd assume if he comes back okay, which I think he's doing fine, McKenzie becomes your two. I mean, now you're kind of like, I mean, Savali's got to be there, obviously. Uh, yeah, I mean, if he's healthy, he's going to pitch probably, right. right? So then after that, you got two more spots, and it's a toss-up now. And it's, like you said, a hot hand. You just got to give it to the guy that's doing well now. Yeah, I mean, let's roll through this. I, yeah. I want to get a definitive list between me and you who we think going forward is going to be the five that are going to be in the rotation and kind of what happens with the other guys and if that five is going to change later this year. Okay. Do you want to do you want to start with like locks? I actually want to go the other way. I want to start wanna, out with a guy who okay. absolutely has no chance at being in this conversation. Let's just get him out of here. <laughs> I see him on the list. Yeah. It's Zach Plesak, right? Okay. Like I, I think Plesak's time in Cleveland is just flat out done. He he had five starts this year in the majors. And he's got a seven five nine ERA. It's not even welcome to Columbus anymore. It's like, it, it, like welcome, welcome to free to agency, free t- right? Yeah. Like because that was bad, and was the team bad. the team recognized it. They said, "Okay, Zach, we're sending you down to Columbus." You know, I think this is a move that either makes or breaks a guy. It either sets that fire under you. We're like, "Hey, like my job is not secure. I need to turn it around." Or it's like, uh, "Oh, dang! Like they've lost all faith. I suck." Well, unfortunately for Plesak, it was the latter of those two because he's had four starts in Columbus and a five five seven ERA. Yeah, that that would be the worst on the major league roster out of the starting five right now. If he was in the majors, I think the clear indicator that he was way out of contention was he was the first one to get booted down. Like very, it was very early on when it happened, and that that. I mean, if he came back and he was like, you know, 120 ERA, like he's lighting it up down there, yeah, then he'd probably be in contention. But like, I mean, 557, like you're not doing anything with that. You're like, you can't even like, because you don't really see guys like fall like if they were in the majors and then like they went down to, you know, AAA and they were struggling in both. They don't go down. Another level. No, like AAA is like the highest or the lowest level that you're going to have a veteran guy, pretty much. Most likely, yes. And the thing is, now then you're like, you're looking at it and I'm like, the next move then would just be you're out of the organization. Yeah, like, like you, straight up. Like, I don't know what to do with him. Like, maybe you just leave him in Columbus for like a emergency option if something really goes wrong. But I don't want to, I don't, moving forward, I don't want him to take up innings for other guys that could potentially be. I'm, I'm because, with you. Because the thing is, I mean, if you think about it, when we keep talking about this, you know, there are going to be some guys that are going to have to bite the bullet and go back down to Columbus. And I can guarantee you that I do not want Zach Plezak starting over any of these guys that have at least shown something right now. Yeah. I, I'm kind of on the wagon of 
just move off. Like, no, you gotta trade him off. for what you can, right? Yeah. Like, the the Guardians have always been a team that can like move off a guy at the perfect time. I think they just missed it on this one. They, I was calling for this last year. By yeah. The way. Like, I, I had lost faith in Plesac after last season. My, I, I just did. My only thing is maybe he just didn't have any value, and they just didn't even have anything to move off of him for. Well, if he didn't have value then. That he's has yikes. yeah. So then, at this point, if you cut him, then the market determines what he truly is. I don't even think you lose anything for cutting him. Like, no, if, I don't, if you have I don't to, think if you have so to release either. him, I don't. Yeah, you know I don't what? even think it's that bad. It's not. No, not at all. You're not going to lose sleep over that one. Like, like I said, trade him if you can. Get whatever you can back because I think at this point he's gone. Yeah, but I think the other thing too is teams probably know that as well. And if like if I mean. They're probably looking at it like, hey, like you're already going to cut him. We're not going to give you anything for it. Like, right. we, we don't care. And he's not even pitching that well. Definitely not. No. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think Plesak has. I, I think Plesak is out. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just wanted to get him out of the way, right? Yeah. Like, let's, let's just Makes eliminate sense, yeah. his name. Good. I think everybody else has a chance. Yeah. I so th- we, can, we can kind of talk locks here. Uh, Tristan McKenzie, I think without a doubt, as soon as he's healthy, he's in, right? Yeah. Like, I, Bieber and him are, like, top-tier for sure locks. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we could talk Bieber first. I mean, a 304 ERA coming into Wednesday before the game. He's made 11 starts. Uh, he, he's the household name guy, right? Like, Yeah. Without a trade where you get significant compensation, he's, he's your one. Yeah. And, and I don't want to play the, like, if he gets traded game quite yet. Like, we'll kind of talk about what it would take in a little bit in this episode, but... Let's just assume right now no trades. Bieber's there. Yeah. I mean, and most you're most likely not going to move off of this guy. The only time that I would see it potentially is maybe at the trade deadline and like we're just still going through a bad rough patch and you're looking at it like, okay, well, we can get some prospects, maybe help next year, move off of them, and give them to a team that you know was in contention and needs another starting pitcher. But other than that, I mean, like I, I you got to keep this guy around. Yeah, he. he I don't think he's going anywhere. No, there's no. I don't think so either. Again, household name. Like I said, it, like you're not moving him to the bullpen. You're not sending no. AAA. It's nothing like that. He's pitching well this year. I, a I think bit of you rough have to start get... right now, but I mean, yeah. other than that, he's still pitching well. Yeah, he I mean, be around three. I'm not too worried about that. You know, I think without a significant overhaul offensively, he's not going. Like he's you, here, right? But okay, so Bieber without a trade, a lock. McKenzie was arguably the ace last year. Yeah, like not by everything, pretty much other than name, he was the best pitcher on the roster for the majority of the year. Right. So again, especially down the stretch too. That was the other. Thing. He was huge in the playoffs. That's what. Yes. And the other thing is with McKenzie, like, I don't know if you were going to go much into him, but, like, he – you're. I'm, I'm afraid that people are going to be like, oh, my gosh, if he comes back and he starts to struggle a little bit just because, I mean, like, he's been out for so long. Like, I'm, I'm worried that people are going to just, like, start hitting the panic button. Like, oh, my gosh, like, we've been waiting for this guy. Like, he's sucking right now. And it's just like, no, dude, like, you got to give him some time to come back from a, a, a shoulder injury. Like it, it just that's inevitable, and I, I'm I guess my thing is like do not hit the panic button on this guy at any point until it's like 
like an absolute like nightmare scenario where it's just like he's had every bad start like yeah if he gets six starts deep and his era is a 10 then i'll hit the panic button right but But other than that you can't hit the panic button on this guy and you got to give him a little bit of time to come back absolutely and he is able to be activated back to the roster on sunday he's currently on the 60-day il now they said that yesterday tuesday was going to be most likely his final rehab start with that being said, he only pitches three innings, gives up one hit, one run, strikes out three, a good outing, but you don't really see the length there. So I'm I'm not sure that he's quite ready to be activated on Sunday. We'll see. Maybe that's all the team needed out of him, but usually yeah. you like to see a guy go, you know, At like least five. Yeah, like 80-ish pitches before yeah. you're like, okay, he's good now. Do you know how many pitches did he throw or not? I don't have the pitch count off the top of my head. I mean, I'm sure I could... Stat check it. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's even anything. That minor league baseball. Track. He, he threw 43. 43. 43 pitches. I think. I don't only, think that's enough. The only thing that I really can that it would make sense would be more of maybe it was like, you know, okay, once he gets up to the majors, his first start is only going to be three innings as well. That's the only thing that I can really think of. But I mean, even if he doesn't come back like right away after he's like he's eligible like I don't not too concerned I mean it's more of just like our pitching again like I'm I'm okay with the depth right now to the point where it's just like you know don't and I think that's what the Guardians are thinking of right now it's just like you know we don't have to like rush this guy back because we know how good he is when he's healthy and you don't want to take the risk and only bring him back if he's 80% and something does happen again. You want to bring it back slowly, let these other guys get some more innings in, especially too. I mean, like, again, like, you have the depth that you don't have to rush this guy back. Another team that doesn't have, like, a lot of depth, then, yeah, I could see, like, okay, hey, like, you got to get up here as quick as you can. We really don't have to do that at this point. So, I mean, I'm not too concerned about it. Maybe just kind of at least chill on it a little bit. But other than that, I mean... I, I think, you know, again, this isn't a case where you, you hit the panic button at all. No, and I think you do see McKenzie probably start again on Sunday for Columbus. I, I just think that's the way it goes. You're, yeah. You're going to see him throw again. You you want to see him climb closer to 80 pitches before you activate him. It, it's just, like, you just want to see it. Like, that length is so important right. as a starter to make sure that you can throw all of that in one day and still feel good throughout your recovery week right well and the thing is too like he'll go probably you know if he does start on sunday down in columbus he'll go like five innings and he maybe get that 80 pitch mark but then you know in his first on we start maybe he only goes three innings and he right. they slowly bring him back so it's just it's it's going to be a longer process with it but again like this isn't a case where you have to just start freaking out or anything like that and i i just don't and I know fans are probably just being like, we want him back, we want him back. It's like, okay, listen, we're only three and a half games out. It's not like, you know, we're in the the heat of August and, you know, playoffs are ramping up and stuff. It's No, it's we're in June, like the start of June. I don't really see any problem with him just taking it slow. No, he, he's perfectly fine. Like, I'm sure you and I want him back just as much as the next guy, exactly. right? Exactly. But yes. like... From from a standpoint of keeping the guy healthy and thinking about the long term, right? You can wait a week. You can you can wait a week if that if that means that I can have um 
for an extended time and not just one or two starts, gets hurt again, re-injures it, and then we're back to whatever this whole thing is, and then we might not even have him for later in the year. You haven't had him for two months, man. What's one more week? Right. You like, can just deal with it. Simmer. We're good. We're not like the A's right now where it's just like everything's on fire and we need to see something that I don't I, I just love picking on the A's. <laughs> I know. You're, you're throwing a lot of Oakland shots today, man. <laughs> I don't, they just let them live. They're bad. The horrible. fans get it. Nobody shows up. Yeah. Let Anywho. them live. Anywho. But, all right, so McKenzie, when he's healthy, he's there. Yeah. He's not going anywhere. Those are the two locks so far. I really think those are the only two locks. I'm not going to lie. Okay. Um, honestly, I'm, I'm going to talk to you about two younger guys here who I think are more locks than these next two. Wow. So, pregame presser before Tuesday's game, Tito Francona comes out and says that Logan T. Allen and Tanner Bybee – absolutely deserve to be pitching in the big leagues. Uh, I, I'm not a expert on manager talk, but that pretty much sounds to me the closest thing you can say to these guys aren't going anywhere without directly saying these guys aren't going anywhere. Right, and obviously probably can't say that directly, but um, I mean, yeah, I guess in the sense of like locks, like, I mean, yeah, you can't. Uh, you can't, you can't get rid of them, man. You can't. You really can't. I mean, I've been high on Bybee, and I've talked about so many times about what he brings to the table. And I mean, I just don't see a scenario where you're sending these guys down or even moving them into the bullpen in that sense. Like, you can't tell me that you just watched Logan T. Allen go seven innings and strike out ten without giving up a run, and you're like, yeah, you know. I mean, Savali's coming back, man, right? Like, like no. Like, right. these are two guys who've done it over extended periods now. Like, we're not talking these guys did it one or two starts, they look good. Right. It's been over a month. Like, yeah. Allen's made seven starts and has a 2.72 ERA. Bybee's made six starts, 2.88 ERA. Like, that is not just feasible starting pitching. That is really good starting pitching. Yeah, it's more than enough to get you through. And we're talking two really young guys. I think both these guys we checked were 24 years old. Yeah, which I mean, I I don't. I think it's a. I think there's a clear starting five moving forward. In my opinion, I mean, you agree those guys aren't like. I agree those guys say. aren't moving. That's why I'm saying there's there's a clear. As uh, day. I think as much you got four right. Like, I think you got. I think you got five. I I know you have five because the thing is, I can I can I get into yeah, it? Yeah, or don't do you have anything the bush. Else? Go to okay. it. Okay. Yeah. I mean, Cal Quantra is not part of it. I'm sorry. He's been. I, I get it. He had a decent May, but the philosophy is you got to give it to your guy with the hot hand. These two kids have been freaking. It feels weird saying that those same these kids, two kids right? They're, they're older than older me. than yeah. us. Yeah. These two. Younger guys have been absolutely torching it right now, and you're not doing too well. It, it, I mean, it, the stats don't lie. 561 ERA compared to 272 and 288. I mean, it, it tells the story in that sense. I don't think moving forward you can say Cal Quantrill is part of the the starting rotation Man, once everyone comes back. I like to think Cal Quantrill's still young. He's 28. 
Yeah. Like, so, like, I have no problem. And, like, the thing is, like, I mean, everyone's like, oh, you know, like, okay, then where would he go? I mean, you can move him to the bullpen. It's not terrible. I think that's the big thing right now is – now, I, I don't think it's as clear cut and day. I think right now, like, immediately that's going to be what happens is yeah. Cal gets sent to the bullpen and Savali gets plugged back into the rotation. I don't think that's necessarily, like, a staple of it has to happen, right? I think there's a chance that those two could flip if Savali struggles. Savali's been out of the pen before. I mean, yeah, I, I could see that also happening too, but I can also see in that sense where, okay, maybe one of the guys like, okay, Logan T. Allen, maybe he goes out there, he's been balling out, you know, but all of a sudden, you know, he hits a brick wall. And, like, you know, it's middle of July. He's not – his ERA's back up into the fives or something like that. I could definitely see someone else moving into that spot too. It's the only two ones that are for sure locks then are McKenzie and Bieber at that point. I I, I don't think there's any other way to go around with that because I mean uh, those are okay. Like when we talk locks, right? Like immediately, I think all four are lock. But in terms of like you can't lose your job this year without being traded. Yeah, it's McKenzie and Bieber. Like, those are the only two. Those are the only ones that I think definitively are, like, no matter what happens, like, they're there, you know? But the thing is, like, I mean, what if it's a matter of, okay, right off the bat, I don't think Cal Quantro is going to be in the starting rotation. And if, I mean, yeah, you're right, too, though. I mean, Savoli comes back, he's struggling, Cal Quantra's doing well out of the pen. You make the flip. And it's not like, it's not a big issue because in that case, it's you're fighting for a guy maybe back end of the bullpen. Because at that point, I feel like you have your starting three guys at least. It Because at least one of the younger guys in that scenario is most likely stepping up and taking over that three rule. Yeah. Uh, and I mean... We haven't mentioned Cal's ERA yet to this point. I, I, I think I well, I think I did. I okay. said five sixty one. Yeah, yeah five sixty one. In case we haven't, but like you said, probably did. But again, it's not where you need to be. He's definitely struggling, and it seems like really bad timing from him right now to hit a insane rough patch. Like yeah, we know he's a decent pitcher, right? Like we've seen him be good for stretches, right? It's just really bad back-to-back starts. And when the room starts to fill up, man, like, you got to do what you got to do. Right. And then you said Savali returning today, right? Uh, Savali was officially back with the team as of yesterday, I believe, but will not make a start until Friday. He started for Columbus back on Sunday. You think Cal has another chance to get a start? Well, he pitched Tuesday. He would pitch Sunday. I mean, it so, depends yes. on McKenzie, yeah. Yeah, I, if I McKenzie think, comes back, then you're looking at a bigger issue. But I think, but I don't think McKenzie. Signs, yeah. I don't think McKenzie starts that day. So I think Cal's probably going to get the start on Sunday. McKenzie would be ready to start on Sunday. I just, I no, I, I don't. I think he me. stays in Columbus. Right? Yeah, that's like, what I, don't I think, think he's too. coming. I, I don't think he's going to come up, especially like I don't think you could trust him only going three innings. Right. I, I agree with that sense. I think that's the t- because if that happens and Cal steps in. That's gonna be like, hey, if you do well, you're kind of back in it. But then the, the but man, what are you gonna like? Let's say Cal goes out and throws six scoreless. Like that, what do that you throws do? another monkey wrench into it. Yeah. What do you do? Like, I think starting out, you have to bring Savali back. 
You do, yeah. But you can't just go because be like, he, he you're back, good welcome to the two, pen. Yeah, like, he, he, looked, he looked good in his couple of starts. I mean, his last start was, I mean, April 7th. Seven innings pitched, no earned runs, two hits, five, wait, oh, oh, and then, actually, that was his first start. Sorry, I was reading that wrong. You, and um, Reading on the stats, weird and stuff. But uh, and then the next start, 5.2 innings pitched, four earned runs, four hits. I mean, it's not like he's like, he just absolutely sucked when he was out, you know? I, no, I mean, yeah, it's two starts, both early May, seven scoreless, five and two-thirds, four given up, eh. Like, it's not terrible, it's not good. Right. But now you could also argue, like, he was dealing with his oblique then because he never came back. Right. But, I don't, like, you, like I said, you have to go out and give him a shot to pitch. Like, it's not... Like, you can just plug him into the pen right away, which I think is why Cal's kind of the odd guy out right now. No, I agree. But it also, like, you got to think, man. Like, if Cal goes out and throws a gem, like, how are you going to be like, all right, Cal, like, nice six scoreless you gave us. Uh, you, you might pitch, like, three, four innings if a guy struggles in the next two weeks. Like, Right. Like, ouch. And I guess it all depends on when McKenzie's timetable come, is, is determined. Because, I mean, like... It makes it a lot. Honestly, it makes it a lot harder than two if he doesn't come back sooner, because then you know it gives him more. It gives Quantra more time to like change the outcome. You know, I, I don't know. I just don't. Both both Savali and uh, Quantra, by the way, guys. I don't think we're getting sent back to AAA. No, I don't. And I don't think these guys are in contention. I don't think anyone's really in contention to get sent back down to AAA. I think all these guys will be on the roster. I mean, the only guy we touched on that obviously won't be is Zach. Please, Zach. But like, you already kind of weaned out Battenfield. That one already kind of went away. We. I think Battenfield, they said, is most likely heading for the 60-day IL as well. Yeah, so that one's kind of already out. And, like, I, I don't think, even if he was, like, healthy, I don't think he was going to be really in contention for it. I think he started to struggle a little bit. But, obviously, with the injury. He, he would have been the odd guy out. For he sure. would have been the odd guy out. Now, unfortunately, Cal Quantra moves into that role where, I don't know, you just, I mean, it's going to be a big day. On Sunday, if he gets the start, yeah, I, like I, I want him to do well, but also in the terms of like just to make it, just easier. to have it, yeah, be like, okay, this is the right move to make. Here's the thing, like though. I'm like, okay, if he does bad, then I can be like, know in my heart that the team's making the right decision, right? But if he does good, then I'm like, oh my god, like now you just got six pitchers. You can, but you could get out of it, and you could say, all right, he hasn't been consistent though. And like the, you I mean no, yeah, I, I still think either way. Even if he pitches well, I think right. he's gone. It just it hurts, you know. Right. It like, does. It may. It makes it sting a little bit. But I think if he goes out there and he pitches really well, then it makes Savali be more on the hot seat of like, okay, if I start to struggle a little bit, he's gonna probably take my place, and I'm gonna go back into the bullpen. I think that's more of what's going to happen if he gets out there and goes and pitches well because it's like, all right, well, he ended on a high note, so we'll keep it monitored for now. Or, I mean, they could even say, like, I know it wasn't that long of an injury, but, like, they could even say, like, I mean, you you said that it wouldn't happen, but, I mean, there's a slight possibility where they say, like, all right, we're going to let you stay in the bullpen for a little bit and then bring you up into the starting rotation eventually. 
it, because it gives you more time, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. But the, I'm the just guards saying. pretty much straight out said no six man rotation. Like it, it just right. Won't no, I don't think I don't think it would be a six man rotation. More of just like then you know, Cal starts to struggle even more. Then you just flip flop them. I think that this, I don't think it's it's not probably going to happen, but I don't think that's out of the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's that crazy. Um, one note, I mean, on the four, uh, the sixty day IL with Battenfield, uh, likely injured right now, based just on the fact that he's not pitching anywhere. Um, the reason that you wouldn't have him officially designated to the IL right now, forty man roster issues. So when you sixty day IL a guy, you're allowed to bring up somebody in their place to fill on the forty man roster. But the problem is when you activate somebody off that, then somebody has to come off, a.k.a. you have to DFA them. Yeah. McKenzie, currently the guy on the 60-day IL, so getting really... ready to be activated, so you're going to have to DFA somebody, but not if you can put Battenfield on the 60-day immediately to replace. Right. So it's basically a way to ensure that none of your guys are getting DFA'd at the moment. Yeah. Um, Smart move. Yeah. I, you just lose Battenfield for a little bit longer, but it is Again, what it is. It's not like... And if you think he's going to be out longer than 60 days, then it's not that big of a deal. Don't push it, yeah. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I think this big issue that we're talking about with this bullpen and there being six guys, it leads me to think there's going to be a trade at this point, at some point in this season. Okay, then here's the thing. Who is it? It's a great question. I, I think your guy's out. I think the three you look at and the only three that I think can be traded out of the major guys are... Savali, I think, is absolutely up to be traded. 27, dealing with tons of injuries over the last couple of years. That's just a possibility. Quantrill, 28, has shown stretches, has gotten better pretty much year to year aside from this rough stretch that he's in right now. And, you know, I I don't think the confidence on him is that high to stick around and be, like, a top guy with all the prospects coming up. And number three, unfortunately, the name that's going to be floated around here is Shane Bieber. Yeah. There's nothing left on his contract. So if somebody wants to go out and get the guy, unfortunately it kind of makes sense to be like, you know, at least we get something for him because I don't know about you. I personally think Beeper's gone after this year anyway. I mean, you look at her our minor league system, and then it just makes it more and more clear after Bybee and Allen, like this dude's, I mean, we're going to be fine. Yeah, and Bieber, Bieber, a guy who he's just, he looks really good still, still looks incredible. Not today, but. (laughs) No, but he is kind of a guy that you're just like, he's lost a little bit of stuff. He's getting up there in age. And not to mention, I mean, he's a California guy and his contract's running out. I I just feel like there's a homecoming in his future. I don't know about, I don't know where he would end up. I, I think just sense, somewhere on the West Coast. I, I think no matter what, I, I I mean, the more and more that this kind of starts to pan out, it it's looking like Bieber will probably get moved off of. And it's going to be like one of those things where it's like Lindor, where it's just like like all of a sudden like everyone's like, oh my God, like we didn't expect that and stuff like that. Like, no, we kind of knew it was eventually going to come. Like, Listen, if you don't have the money to re-sign a guy. Don't do it. Don't even try to do it. Get the trade. Get him out. You got to get rid of Like, you have to get something back. Unless you think 
you're in a spot with Bieber right now with this team to win a World Series, you got to get something for him. Well, and the thing is, too, like when you look at like those trades like with Lindor and stuff, those are guys that are still playing right now for us, and there's multiple different p- positions that have been filled because of that trade. So I think that, I mean, like it, it comes down to the point where it's like you're going to get something decent if you move off of Bieber, no matter what. In my opinion, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to be – you know, outstanding in that sense, but I think you're still going to get some good prospects and like you're going to keep reloading the system. And the thing is, like, the only big question that I would have if you do move off of Beaver is okay, who's going to step into that one? And honestly, I'm not too afraid because I feel like, I mean, call me if I'm, tell me if I'm stupid, but like, McKenzie could be the one. No, I'm I'm 100% confident McKenzie could be a one. And in here's this the thing, and I, I mean, watching Gavin Williams, I ended up starting to like watch him a little bit more, and just watching like prospects in general, just to kind of get a feel for our system and stuff. This dude, like, he's gonna be legit. Oh, I got to see him pitch last year in Lake County. Like when I was working with the captains, interning on the radio broadcast, like he's something, man. When you can consistently hum like that. And then you can have a duo of if you if if this can all pan out to how it potentially could be, I mean you're going from McKenzie to him where McKenzie not overpowering with his fastball or anything like that, but just good movement on his pitches, consistent, gets a lot of swings and misses, and then you go off and you then the next day you have to go and face Gavin Williams. Like moving forward, I'm like totally fine with that. And again, like you, you're seeing more and more pitchers throw hard, so I'm 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 okay with it. Yeah, no, I, I'm right there with you. I mean, especially too, because think about it. Like, if you can start to get some bats out of this deal too, I mean, you, you got to do it because this team just hitting wise is atrocious. And I know we always talk about like, okay, like you know, next year there's they're gonna bring more guys up and stuff, but like. I mean, it doesn't hurt to at least try to get someone else, like a prospect that's a bat, just in case, you know, nightmare scenario where these guys that do come up don't really pan out. So then you at least have another guy where it's just like, all right, well, next man up kind of mentality. But I just, I mean, the more and more that you think about it, the more and more it makes sense. Hey, enjoying this edition of Mistake by the Take? Never miss an episode by hitting the follow button on the podcast and by dropping a follow on all of our socials. That's at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Again, at Mistake by the Take on Instagram and at MBTT Pod on Twitter. Thanks a lot. And now back to the show. Yeah, I mean, it does, right? Like, I, I don't know. And it's, I, I have no inside information here, but I would be absolutely just dismayed if Gavin Williams did not start next season on the roster. No, he's going to start next season on the roster. Like, it's going to be will, him, Bo Naylor. Uh, who else do you think would probably be up then? Uh, do you think Rogio? Yeah, Rogio probably starts next year. I think you even look possibly to Valera. I think Valera makes an appearance at some point on the roster. I I mean, maybe starting... He's got to be a guy that you even think about 
sooner rather than later. He right. could even make his time this year. I, I think he's knows, up yeah. within, like, his time's coming. It's soon. It's, it's, it's soon. But the thing is, now you're kind of looking at it and, like, I don't know. I think that you, you, you're you you're fine. And I think the one thing that we were always worried about is if we move off of Bieber, okay, what else do we have? And, I mean, if Allen and Bieber, I mean, Bybee consistently do what they're doing right now, you'll be fine. That's why I say, like, wait. I I think the best-case scenario for moving off of Bieber is wait till the trade deadline because this is what happens. Teams start to panic more. When it's towards the trade li- trade deadline, you can get a little bit more out of it because, say, there's an injury that happens with one of these high-end contenders. They need a starting pitcher to come in there. This is their year. Their coach is on the hot seat kind of thing. Okay, well, we need to win it all. We need another arm. Let's go and shop for one. Give up a couple more prospects. And then you get more out of it. You get a little bit more time with Bieber and it gives time for McKenzie to settle in as well, too. And then you kind of look at it and you're like, all right, well, then we still have depth with it, too. Because, I mean, if you're still fighting for a fifth spot, it at least shows that you have depth with your pitching. Am I wrong for saying that, though? No, no, you're right. I mean, I think you can play both sides of the cards there. I think you could, too. I, I think you could argue that there are teams out there willing to give offers before the deadline just in order to sure up a guy. Right? No, I, like, I agree, too. Like, and they're willing to give up more. I, I don't think it's necessarily about timing, although I'm with you that typically when the deadline rolls around, teams are a little bit more aggressive and willing to give up a little more. Right. Um, But I, I don't think it's timing as much as it's just get the right return. I think, like, I think if, timing if does early, have a little bit of factor into it, though, too, because if you can milk a little bit more out of Bieber to at least kind of keep you still in the running and stuff and give, you know, McKenzie a little bit more time. I'm all for it, though. But the only problem is, though, I will say this, what if Bieber does get hurt in this scenario and then everything just kind of goes to shit at that point? It's gone. And, again, why I think the return so big is if you're going for prospects, then it really doesn't matter. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. But if you're getting a major league bat back, I mean, compared to, you know, you could be like, what's Bieber giving me compared to what another guy is going to give me? Yeah. And the impact that the bat could make in this lineup. Yeah. I mean, that... Because the offense has been the problem. Do you... Okay, then my question is this. Do you want a major league bat right now, or do you want more prospects? I I, I want somebody who's going to make a, a difference now. I, I Like, I'll be okay if they trade him for prospects at some point, but I, I would want a bat, but again... I just think it has to be the right return. I, I don't know what no, it has I agree. to be. I agree. It has to be something that I look at and I'm like, okay, it, it's at least enough, right? Like, even if it doesn't make a change this year, okay, but it, you have to get a good haul for him. He, he's an elite pitcher. Yeah, I, I, I get I agree. he's on a limited deal, so you're not going to get like an, an insane amount, right? But you have to get something back. And if it's a bat, like maybe you trade a guy, you know, Bieber last year of contract. You trade for a bat that's kind of on the last year of his contract, right? Like do a little pay, yeah, yeah, just like a team that needs help pitching. You need help hitting. You kind of just, you know, do a little flip. Yeah, a little bit of a flip. You get the help for the rest of the year, and then you know, if you want to go out and re-sign that guy, that's on you. I'm more in the boat of trying to get prospects. To tell you the truth, 
I think I just feel like the prospects are so loaded. I mean, at least pitching, hitting maybe not so much, but like I guess I'm I'm just a guy that kind of looks more into the future and thinks of the the problem is like do I think we're going to win the World Series this year? No. No. That's the thing. If we were going to win the World Series this year, then yes, I would immediately say I don't give two flying shits about a prospect. But no, give what, me the impact. But what prospects are you getting back though? Are you getting a bat that's ready in two years, a year? Or are you getting a twenty-one-year-old dude, a nineteen-year-old dude who's not going to be ready for good, four years? But I don't think it would be one of those guys though. I mean, if it was, the va- those are the guys you the value it, are higher on though. I get it though, but like if you think about like the Lindor trade, when would when did all those guys come back up? Yeah, yeah I they mean, were it was there, a year were, or two, right? They were there immediately. Yeah, I mean, you got to play the long game with this one, I think, and that's the thing where it's just like. I this team, you're in a division that's struggling right now. Great, but like you're not gonna go and win a World Series. You don't have enough star power for that. And if you can get a guy that will have that star power later in his like just in a couple of years, then go get that because now you don't have a chance at. I mean, you, if you go out and you get a bat now, what's that gonna do next year? Because if you if you can't right, if, I mean he's not there right. I'm with you. And the thing is, like, this is a team. Historically, we do not pay guys. I'm sorry. Like, no matter what, Jose Ramirez was like, I, I don't. That was like an oddball. I, I one. mean, a little bit of a flip. You you paid um, Andre Jimenez a little bit. You, you paid a, not a very big taxing amount, but you paid Stefan. Yeah, but it's not anything like a major contract. And the thing is, what this team has done for so many years is they gotten these prospects, they come up and they play in their in these prime years in early prime years and then they just let them go after that. And that's the thing, if you can get more guys like that that are going to have that star power and not just some rental, I think it just makes more sense in that scenario. My my issue comes into the point of where do you stop with the embarrassment of riches, right? Like, there is I, so much talent that we are sitting on prospects or one-year, two-year guys. Like, I'm for the young talent, but, like, there is a logjam, man. No, I, I get it. Like, I how agree. many more guys can we stack up and be like, oh, he's going to be here in a year or two? To replace who? The guy who got here last year? Yeah, I mean, I like, think— Like, you know, you, you sign Miles Straw now to, I think, a five-year deal— He's probably the guy I'm least confident in in the starting lineup other than catcher. Maybe Ahmed Rosario, just in the fact that I think, you know, his time might be coming to an end. But other than that, like, I don't think Naylor's really going anywhere. He's a guy that we've rallied around, right? Jimenez is locked up. Jose's locked up. Quan's not going anywhere. Straw right now on a five-year deal. So, like, unless you're willing to part with the money that you paid him, right field is the open spot. And catcher right. right now. I mean, I don't think, like I said, Naylor, I think we've rallied around and people like him too much, not to mention you now have Bell as well. I think the thing is, going back to I, more and more that we talk about it now, I think you're right in the sense of it's got to be the right deal. Because let's truthfully think about this. Out of all these prospects that we have talked about for the past couple weeks, on the show, off the show, whatever, how many do you think are going to be stars in this league? And I'm not just talking about starters. I'm talking star power guys. I think you say Williams. I think you could confidently I think, say Williams. Yeah, I think Gavin Williams will be a star. Who else? I mean, 
honestly, Logan T. Allen, Tanner Bybee. Okay, stop both with of those how about guys. This? Are, how about this? Stop with the pitchers. Go with hitters. Yeah, there, there. There's your answer right there. But that's there. the problem. Like Bo Naylor, I think Bo Naylor has a chance. I think has a chance. I other than that, Valera, Valera's Valera got a shot. But other than that, you got nothing else, dude. These are guys that are just going to be decent starters in the league. I don't care what anyone else says. You got great pitching coming out. I also like Rokio, but I, I do like Rokio too. But I don't think he's going to be a star power bat. I, I mean, the dude's hitting like three thirty in AAA. Like, I, I think there's a chance he is. Again, I, I know what you're saying and where you're going with this is that like you, you don't have like major star bats. You don't have a guy that's going to be like a Lindor. That's what I'm going after. And because we everyone knew that when Lindor came up to the league, this dude was going to be legit. And you don't have anyone in that system that's going to be a surefire guy that's going to be because the only guy in your lineup right now that is star power is Jose Ramirez. And you look at every other team right now and you see star power riddled throughout that lineup. You look at the Yankees, they have star power everywhere. But and, we're not the Yankees. But that's the thing. I'm okay with that. I'm okay with not being the Yankees. We're okay with, with this system if you play it correctly. And they're not going to play it correctly if they go and they get this bat that's going to be on a one-year deal. Because if you go out, it, it, it makes no sense. If they go out and they get a star prospect for Bieber out of this, I don't know if they could, but if they could, that's you know is going to be a talented bat in the future. I mean, it it, it, may, it helps so much because then you don't have to pay anyone, and then you get your star power eventually in a year when you're when you're ready to contend and actually try to win a World Series. Because let's be real, we're not going to win it this year. Maybe not even next year. But if you do get a guy that's ready in a couple of years, yeah, now you're in, now you're a legit team. You don't even have to pay him at that point. Uh, yeah, I, I hate playing for like the the future, of the next couple of years. And I get right? it. We've and been playing. We've for been the, playing. We've for been it playing forever, that man. game forever. But the thing is, you, it's we're never going to be the Yankees. I, I and but it's that's not the just thing. you can but, get the the one year deal bats. You don't have to be the Yankees, right? I understand that, but I'm just saying like the way this the way the MLB works, like it's so. I'm sorry for like saying this this way. It is so fucked up. That there is not. This is why I'm starting to get pissed off with the MLB. I'm I'm getting a little heated now. But the thing is, like, when you don't have a salary cap or a salary floor, you get shit teams like the A's, and then you get teams like the fucking Yankees. It's it's MLB and Ma- Rob Manfred. Manfred. I don't even know how to say his name at this point. Rob Manfred. He's great. You're good way to focus on this, like the pitch speed and stuff like that. And like, you know, timing and stuff. You're not fixing the true issue of your, there's a huge gap in the MLB right now. I mean, you you heard it in Moneyball. There's the good teams, the bad teams, and there's 50 feet of crap. And then there's us. It's just unfair. You're playing an unfair ball game and you saw the A's try to do it. It didn't work. Obviously, I just it, overall the MLB is just fucked up because it's just it does it, it no matter what we're going to have to play this game no matter what that's why football and NBA and the NFL and all those sports that do have a salary cap it makes it so much more competitive and you see more teams contending every year. You're not getting the Yankees every year. You're not getting the Dodgers or the Padres who just spend billions of dollars on all their fucking guys. No. 
you're getting no, you're getting the Eagles who manipulate the cap well, or they do this, or another team that does this well. It just doesn't make sense. So it, no matter what, getting back to the main point, like we're gonna keep having to play this game all the time just because we don't have a set system that will make it fair enough to play against the Yankees. I listen. I, I could rant for hours. I know. I know. I kind of just yeah. No, I, I'm like listen. It's it's a reason to be heated. It's been a reason to be heated, right. and we haven't seen change, and that's frustrating. Right. My issue with it right now is we can talk salary cap. There, there's not a change that can be made in terms of salary cap for 13 years. I get that. Because there are guys on 13-year deals who would blow through a salary cap and it would ruin teams. And the MLB will not do that, and rightfully so, because you don't sign a guy to a 13-year mega you know, 300-plus million dollar deal if you had a salary cap in mind. There's a way, though, to to get to try to implement it. There's got to be some way to try to at least set some rules up. I think so you then can set you a can floor. S- you can set a floor. I mean, I, that's great. That's then, different. But, I mean, like, that just helps the shit teams become less shit. And it doesn't get the le- the bigger I mean, teams. It, it doesn't even necessarily. It doesn't do that, close by the, way. the yeah, and even that and even in that yeah, case, it just it makes does. you you can just overpay bad right. players. Right. Then then it just corrupts the system even more at that point. So I, I just think that there's gonna be, have to be ways implemented slowly to kind of say like, okay, let's structure this a little bit. Because it just it doesn't make sense. The the more and more that I and this is my this is my hot take that I have about sports that no one agrees with, no matter what I say, the more and more ownership that owners, the high ups have over the players, the better it is. When you truly think about it. Because uh, the thing I is, de- if you yeah, look at the NFL... It depends what you look at, right? If you're looking for a competitive balance, then... That's what I'm saying. Yes, but also, I mean, you got to think about you know, player health, player rights, stuff no, like I, that. I, I, I mean, I'm saying more of the competitive balance aspect. Yeah, I, I, Obviously, that needs to be more in consideration with player health and benefits and stuff like that. I'm not talking more of that. I'm talking about just the structure of how everything is kind of run. And I just, I don't... I don't know. That was my that was my little rant, though. I just I had to get it off my chest. No, I think there are like bigger issues to it too. Like obviously, we just want to be like implement the cap. Come on, like what are we waiting on? Right, you you obviously can't. You're, You're also 100 percent correct. You have it. five layers of different ball. You know, like you have four minor league teams. Right. Not to mention, you're talking you know DSL teams, Dominican Summer League stuff of that nature, where you got guys that are 16. Like caps are hard to implement, man. They Especially are. in baseball, like. Okay, you can spend this much on your team, okay? But like, what can I spend on my minors? Does that mean I can't go out and sign a sixteen-year-old from the Dominican who I don't even know if they're going to be good? Like, now I can't go sign him for two million. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, no, I get. Yeah, there's no, such can, major there's, issues to it. It's just it's such a messed up league right now, and I think nobody's really talking about it. That's my thing right now. Nothing pisses me off more than going and looking at team payrolls and seeing the Yankees at 300 million and us sitting at 60. Right. You know, sitting 27th in the league making the playoffs every year. It just it's not how a sport should be organized no, in my I, opinion. Like, you look at any other sport and they don't have this issue. No, you I, don't have a team that has a I I I mean, what's the A's payroll? It's got to be like south of 30. I don't think it's quite that low, but it is very low. Like, they are 100% without a doubt bottom of the league. And I mean, the A's are a different story. Like, they 
they gave up on their team, right? Like, right. They, they were like begging for people basically not to come at this point, and because it, like it's crazy to think about the guys that they had on their team. By the way, which we're completely off topic at this point, but screw it. Yeah, we don't care. Um, like we're talking Marcus Simeon, Sean Murphy, Matt Chapman, Matt Olson. They had guys, like, and they were like playing for playoffs and stuff like that at yeah, some like point. Up towards the top, right? Like it just doesn't help too that they and are, they got nothing in return for those guys. By the way, like they pretty much just let them go. Right. Well, and it doesn't help too that they are in a division with. I mean, you got. The Rangers are all of a sudden playing well now. You know, Astros, they're always a good team. And then Angels, usually, at least they're good in the regular season in that sense. But, I mean, like, other than and then the Mariners pop off too, usually. So, I mean, like, it, it doesn't help when you're playing in a division that talented. But still, like, we've we've seen teams like the Orioles, like, now this year. I mean, they're, they're all, they trusted the system. They got their prospects up, and now look at them. They're, you know, 35 and 20 this year. Uh, Just so... I mean, we were talking about the payroll earlier. Uh, just a hair under $60 million for the A's. Indeed, dead last in the MLB. It's ridiculous. Dude, this game is so volatile right now. I keep like looking at it and peeking, and every time I It's It's 6-7, it, man. It's, yeah, it's like, what? Yeah, well, hey, I mean, the offense is going, but, I mean, Bieber, whew, man, you yeah, are. Rough, rough go so yeah. far for them today. I mean, like and you said. gave up a home run already. You guys too. will know what happens, but we're living it out right now. Right. Um. I mean, we probably got like ten minutes left. Uh, we don't have a Friday draft prepared at this point. I think we're Are, just going to let it roll. Did we like? Wait, how much? How much time did we get to? Where uh, we at? Right we're, we got like ten minutes left before we hit the hour and a half mark. Wow, I was. I thought we were going to be a lot further. To be honest with you, because we were, we were, we were blowing it up. Yeah, but, no, we're we're sitting here enjoying it. Uh, no, we are. We are. I was just taking a look at you know payrolls. If we're going to sit here and look at it, I. I like I said, there there is a money ball aspect to it. I don't think you necessarily have to spend money to be good, although I'm with you that it does create a gap, and teams that spend money are obviously at an advantage. Right. You just got to play the system a lot better than if you're going to have a lower salary. Well, talk about a team that played the system god-awfully for so many years, but turning around. I mean, we're talking $6 million, a little bit more above the A's. It's the Baltimore Orioles, man. Yeah. Like, they are killing it right now, and what did they do? They trusted the system. They went out and got a ton of prospects. I mean, dude, and good ones at that. It was the thing is with them. It's like you look at their like starting lineup, and you realize, okay, Rutschman, first overall pick, uh, Malcast, highly touted prospect. Uh, I I don't want to spot uh, Anthony Sal Santon. Yes, yeah, Santander. Yeah. Highly taught a guy. Actually, a guy that was in Cleveland for a long time who never made it past A-ball. Five years using the org. But Thank he, you, Tom Hamilton, for that fact last night. Right. So you see all these guys that kind of were, you know, had a lot of potential, and now it's like actually starting to all come together. And that's the thing. Like, I think that, I mean, I hate to say, like, you know, yeah, next year, like, it's going to be one of those things. But, like, I mean, you're looking at it. The thing is, like, compared to other teams, this team you know will be good in two years at least because you have those guys just waiting there, and you're going to probably have to give a couple of them a year. I mean, next year is going to probably be a little bit of a developmental year if you're going to bring up guys like Naylor, Valera, I mean, Rocchio, who else? I mean, Williams. Like, 
you're not going to expect to contend right away. But the thing is, in a couple of years, like if they play it correctly, they should do it. And the thing is, you've seen it with the pitching work out really well. But that, it has. No, that's my problem. It does work out right away. When you have the guys properly developed, yes. surround them with good veterans, and put them in a spot to succeed, you don't have to have a developmental year. Those guys are ready. A lot of these guys for Baltimore coming out swinging right away. I mean, like Gunnar Henderson, albeit he's struggling right now. But he's still, like, he came out and was rocking away last year. Rutschman, I mean, granted, he's probably, like, the highest-touted catching prospect in the last oh, so dude, many years. Incredible. But, like, he came out firing. Like, all these guys, when they got to the majors, are ready. I mean, just look at the guards right now. Stephen Kwan came up, lit it up. Bybee and Allen, lighting it up. Like, nope. The only thing is that I would say is a big difference is these guys were like the best of the best of their class. That's the other thing. Like where it's like all the guys you just named, kind of the best of the best of yeah. the like Gavin Williams was a first round pick. I will say Gavin Williams does qualify for that. I think Valera also does. Also too. does for sure. But other Rokio Rokio maybe I, I don't you're know. kind of pushing it with that one. But then like I mean other guys I mean Bo Naylor. Bo Naylor probably was slightly less, but I mean, still. Still, though, yeah. I mean, who else you thinking? Like Juan Brito. But, like, other yeah, than he's that, still he's, time, still, he's still got a little bit of time. Like, these guys aren't going to be, like, coming out firing on all cylinders. So I just, I think that, like, I don't know. I think that this is, that's the case where it's just you, again, where we're going back to the scenario where I think you just got to go one step ahead and, like, get the best of the best kind of guys. Best of the best prospects. Yeah. I Like, the Adley Rutschman caliber. Like, if we gave up Bieber for an Adley Rutschman type, now I'm not saying, like, catcher, but I'm just saying, like, that level of prospect, one-for-one one deal for something like that, I don't think it'd probably go like that, obviously, no. because it's a little bit, it's definitely going more towards our way. But if you could get something like that deal where it's just like you give up a little bit more maybe, I mean, I'm all for it because the thing is you, you lack the firepower this year. The only one, the only other guy that you have that's considered firepower is just Jose Ramirez, and he's the only one that's hitting above 270 right now. Quan's 265, more of a, uh, an average guy, which is a good good piece to have in the lineup, but it's not anything where it's just like taking you to the next step. You need more juice in the the, the in the lineup. And the thing is, like Bell, you kind of hope that he would give that to you. You didn't think that he would fully give it to you because, I mean, you know, Josh Bell is not, you know, the creme de la creme. He's not that, but he's still a very good bat. But it's not, you know, the best of the best. And that's the thing is if you're not going to sign the best of the best, you're not going to play the money ball game and you're not going to throw millions and billions of dollars at these guys, then you're going to have to go out there and you're going to have to try to find the best. You're going to have to trust your scouting department and just overall be able to be willing to move off of these guys that, okay, yeah, like Bieber – and get more guys that could produce more. Because you, you've done it with pitching. You've easily shown for the past, I don't even know, 20 years at this point, that your pitching is good. We've seen it so many times. And that you can produce stars and Cy Youngs and all this stuff. But you just have not been able to do it with the hitters for the longest time. Yeah, uh, just a quick rewind, by the way. 
saying a lot of those guys weren't top top of their class. A little bit of a rebuttal, I guess, because uh, Bo Naylor was a first round pick. Bo Naylor overall and, pick twenty nine, yeah. and um, international contracts so hard to find proper it's details so, on. But so yeah, uh, that's Rokio was signed at sixteen. Yeah, so. that's that's another thing where it's like the international system is also like if we're gonna talk. <laughs> I'm not going to go into it, but I'm just saying, like the international system, it's really messed up too. Yeah, it's a it's a whole. It's that's that's layers and layers that you can go into, but we're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, uh, we probably got a couple minutes left, but probably just round out some some minor league guys that we want to talk about really yeah. quick. Just hit on them, especially too, because I mean, I'm working with one. I'm working with the rubber ducks this summer, so I've seen a couple of guys. So yeah, definitely. I mean, one of the guys we've already talked about, Gavin Williams. Dude's, dude's killing it. We haven't really hit his stats yet, but nine overall starts, three of them in double A, where with the rubber ducks, he had a .63 ERA. 0.63. The dude's a dog. Yeah, they quickly saw, all right, he, he's done in double A. Yeah. Like, it's time. Get him up. Uh, called him up to triple A. He's made six starts and lighting him up again. 2.25 ERA. Like, that's still very good. Yeah. He's pretty much MLB ready at this point. I no, would say. I, I agree. It's actually shocking to me that Bybee got the call before him just because Bybee was so much less prospected when he came in but made such leaps and bounds while he was here that he shot up the rankings. And Isn't Bybee a little bit uh, older too? He, I believe he is. He spent, uh, I believe, three or four years down in college when he was pitching. So 23 is Gavin Williams. Yeah, I believe Bybee is 24. So I think he has a year on him. Yeah, so I mean, I could kind of see that, and at least they don't want to. Again, it's that concept that we keep talking about. Yeah, Bybee is twenty four. It's that concept of like, okay, can we don't want to rush him too soon? And you know, we've talked about that so many times, where it's just like, you know, not highly touted, but you know, if he lands, great, it'll work out, kind of thing. But I mean, overall, like, yeah, I mean, I I think Kevin Williams, like next year, is going to be. He could. He's probably going to start out a little lower in the rotation. I'm assuming, just because you know, just how it is. He doesn't have the experience. But like by the end of the year, I wouldn't be surprised if this dude becomes your two. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I'm pretty much under the fact of spots in the rotation are pretty much gone at this point. Like it's where I you start the year, validity. and then like yeah. I mean, there is. It's like you do have a one through five, but where they actually start at this, it's like thrown. I think it, it comes more into factor during the playoffs. That's where yeah, I'm, yeah, we're talking about. You pretty much go to a three- or four-man rotation. And right, that's and it. it's just, yeah, you go to those guys. But a couple other guys. Juan Brito, a guy that you know very well. He's in double-A Akron right Not now. Not too well. Well, I mean, yeah, he's only been there for three games. Getting to know but him. Right. Getting to know him. Uh, he's hitting two seventy three, just three for 11. He's literally just got there. Uh Batting fifth in the order, and also a guy that pretty sure batting fifth. There's some some move around there. Yeah, I mean he he just got he just got called up. up. So he's gonna like, hit a little. Lower. Yeah, he's still gonna still trying to find you know where to go at, and especially too with a a, a team that is kind of struggling a little bit with offense and just in general. Um, I mean Brito coming in, hopefully giving a spark to him. But yeah, I mean. That was a guy that um, Logan Batowski, as we mentioned earlier, he was a guy that we brought up. A he brought up a little bit, saying to keep an eye out for. I think so far in the in the games that I've seen him play, has shown some good flashes. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, I think that's a guy that again you're going to have to keep looking out for and a good little check in there. Yeah, uh, sticking with Logan Potosky, another guy who we mentioned. This was a deep one too. Yeah, this was a, a guy who's down in Lynchburg, just in he you called know, single the, he A called ball. This one, yeah, he did. Juan Brito went up. Who came up right after him? Nate Furman to take his spot with Lake County. Furman was killing it with Lynchburg, hitting well over 300, and now he is starting to bat leadoff for the captains. Currently hitting just 188. He just got there. It's been four games. Yeah. Um, he also had a hit in each of his first two, and since then he's 0 for 8. So I think the batting average, like an overrated stat to look at, just one that you know mentioned. He's, it's, not, he's it, not hitting the lights off the ball right, right. now, but it's going to fluctuate too when you're. I mean, it's the right. same when you have Brito, sixteen yeah. at bats, you know, three for eleven. Like you, you still got to give him a little bit of time. He's still trying to adjust and stuff like that. So I mean, it, it's nothing to panic about right now. Yeah, I, I believe the average for Furman is three for sixteen. Is the numbers. Not 100% sure on that. I looked at it earlier, Dude, but I'm pretty majors. sure. We're, yeah, we're num- numbers aren't my best. We we I, do, I think it's three for 16. We don't do that math stuff. Uh, but another, yeah, shout out to Logan Potosky. For, yeah, uh, for sure, dude. For finding that guy out there. Yep. Uh, last guy we're going to mention, one that we've mentioned before, all the way back up to AAA. It's just another catcher in the rotation that is hitting the absolute lights out of the ball. Over 50 games played now for Zach Collins. He's hitting 323, 10 bombs, 44 RBIs. Half the time he's hitting DH if he's not catching, like pretty much all the time actually. I please, please, please just let this guy hit major league bats or major league pitchers. Like he's done it before too. Would he's you, been in the bigs. Yeah, he's been a backup guy too, like we've talked about before. Like the starter backup kind of role. But like, would you be opposed to moving off one of our catchers included in a Bieber deal to get more juice out of it oh absolutely not i i don't think there's a guy on there who you really think you toss in that of. you get like a ton for i mean zanino maybe but i don't think the he, team wants i mean to he's being him. he's being talked about being cut too so i yeah. didn't know because i mean like you have i mean you have a plethora of catchers right now uh, like jam you just started. don't even freaking use them all collins is 28 years old that's the only problem and he's cr- no i think that's even more of a reason no Get him i'm just up. saying he's crushing like it. okay in the sense of like if we were going to try to move off of someone that would be the only problem like if we were going to move off a catcher oh he, he's not like the future don't no don't yeah like i mean maybe you get some good years out of him don't get me wrong he's i wouldn't be killing it but. i wouldn't be mad then if you go to i mean you just take the triple a what you have in triple a right now and then just move it into the majors next year Nah, I wouldn't be either. Bo Naylor and Zach Collins, just roll with that. Get two more years out of Collins, get to about 30. If he's hitting 323, which obviously that would go down in the majors, I'm sure. But if you're going to hit like that, welcome to the DH spot, too. Like, you could play every because day. Because there's no, I mean, we don't even have a guy that can hit. Now it's like 9 to 7. This is, okay, never mind. I'll stop doing And then Naylor stole a base, too. I mean, like. Yeah, what a day. What a day. What a day we're on. Yeah. Um, well, unfortunately for me, you know, my betting interests were, were not satisfied Dude, today. Yeah. Uh, I'm telling you, man, no more nerfies. Yeah, the nerfie, the nerfie was rough, guys. It's not. It ain't it. No, no, it was not. The nerfie did not come through, and uh, I don't think Bieber five strikeouts came through either, if I had to take a guess, considering he gave up yeah, seven uh, runs. So. He was still in the game, which was weird. 
Like, after he gave up, like, eight runs, I was like, I mean, not eight. It would have been seven. He's got four Ks, guys. He's got four. Is he still in the game? He's still in the game. That's impressive. Give it to me. Come on. Over I'll, five I'll take Ks? It. Uh, I believe it's actually five and a half, so it's still not going to hit. Oh, okay. He'd have to strike out another two. He's already at 82 pitches, so he might have another inning. I don't no, need it to be gone. good. And now it's 11. That is crazy. Okay. All right. Well, we just got to. <laughs> yeah, just this game's out of hand. I'm sure you guys will be enjoying it. I'm sure we'll also talk about it next week on Mistake by the Take. Yep. Because uh, as we say pretty much every time, the Guardians are at least a once-a-week staple at yeah. this point in the season. Last thing also, too, uh, the questions will be rolling. We're rolling them out tonight on Wednesday. So this is your reminder. You'll probably have already seen it a couple times. You heard it in the Wednesday podcast as well, too. Fill them out. Like, ask away. Do whatever you want. Like, we're, we'll answer basically anything sports-related. Again, we don't want to talk about personal, obviously, like, you know, how's school been? I use that example on Wednesday. But, yeah, like, you we're know, looking for sports. 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 Outside of Cleveland, inside of Cleveland, off-the-field stuff, like our favorite sports movies, right. favorite sports moment, anything like that. Because it gets to know, yeah, and it, and it helps for us like it, it helps you guys know us a little bit better too makes it a little bit more of a um connection with the with the the people you know with the peoples with the peoples uh yeah that episode most likely going to be next week the only thing that might even have a chance at stopping that i would say would be like a deandre hopkins signing we yeah might jump back into a little bit of browns action at that point but who knows yeah more than likely going to be coming next week yeah so just episode. be on the lookout for that and keep filling out those questions. Because I'm sure, yeah, you can find it. All of our social medias, MBTT Pod on Twitter, Mistake by the Take on Instagram. If you wanted to email us for any reason, Mistake by the Take at gmail.com. Uh, I'm sure, honestly, Dylan and I will also probably shoot it on our individual social medias as well. Yeah. So that's at DY Felt for you, I believe, on both Instagram and Twitter. Yep. Keep it simple. And it is at Jake Volnick on Instagram for me and at Volnick2 on Twitter. But I think that about wraps things up. Another successful week of Mistake by the Take. Yes, sir. We'll be seeing you.